following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. What I want to focus on today is kind of that, what do we learn when Jesus heals people? What does it mean for us when we read in Scripture and we see him healing people? What does that mean for us now? Because he he even looked at his disciples and he says at one point, you will do even greater things than me. Does that mean we're going to be able to walk out and heal people just by looking at them, touching them? And here's where it gets interesting, because if Jesus is able to heal, why doesn't he heal everyone? We are living in a time right now where that is at the forefront. That if God is able to, if he can heal, why is this pandemic still ongoing? So I actually want to kind of take a look at this a little bit of a different way. I'm going to look at the authority that Jesus has that he shows when he heals. I want to talk about an idea, a theological idea we call the hidden and revealed God. And then I want to talk about what God does, what Jesus does when he heals, brings us back to that key commandment of loving God and loving others. So the first thing we see when Jesus heals is his authority. What I mean by that is he has the authority to look at a person who is sick, who is in need, and simply by speaking, that person is healed. He has authority over their weakness, their illness, their frailty. And this doesn't just show up once, right? We see this over and over again in Scripture. Today we have two examples from Mark 1 and Mark 3, but in Mark 2... We talked a little bit about the crippled man who's lowered from the ceiling and Jesus heals him. This is not just a one-time thing. Jesus is constantly out there healing people. He heals the blind. He heals the deaf. He heals those with leprosy. He continues to heal over and over again. And what this shows us is he has the authority over the physical world to the point that he can look and say, you are healed and it happens. Which is incredible. Because I don't even have authority over my dog. Right? Love our dog. He's a great dog. If that guy does not go out in the backyard at 10 o'clock at night to go to the bathroom and bark at everything, I'm just sitting there going, all my neighbors hate me. That's where we are. And I have the one dog in the world who is not food driven, right? Any other dog you show a treat, boom. My dog Gus is like, I don't care. I'm out here barking. I'm like, I know, I hate you. We have gotten to the point that we fake as if someone is at the house that he wants to run in and see. The problem is that only works for about two weeks and we have to figure something else out. This week, literally, he's outside barking and it's about the time Chelsea's coming home from work. 
and he's just barking up a storm and I'm tired of it. So I open the door and go, Gus, Chelsea's home. And he kind of looks at me and then I literally duck behind the door so he can't see me and go, Gus, if that idiot just ran straight inside. Right, but think about our lives. What are the things in our lives that we go, I don't even have authority over some basic things. And here Jesus steps in and he says, you are healed. Think about how much authority and faith that takes to look at someone and say, you are healed. In my lifetime, I don't think I'll ever be able to get to the point to look at someone who is in desperate need and lay hands on them and go, you are healed without a huge pit of doubt sitting inside of me. But here Jesus looks and he sees and he goes, he knows who he is. He knows his identity. He knows he is the king and the king has authority. And so he uses his authority to heal. I want you to hold on to that idea. He uses his authority to heal. Because we look and we say, well, okay, you know, in Mark 3, where we are today, he heals this man with a withered hand. Um, you know, so who knows what ailment got him there, but he has something wrong, you know, with his arm, with his hand. And he comes to Jesus on the Sabbath and Jesus heals him. But we also know there are points where it says, and Jesus retreated from the crowds because they were showing up for healing, for all those things. And so he would retreat to places of solitude. So why does Jesus heal the man with a withered hand, but maybe not someone else? As people of faith and just people in general, we can get caught up in this cycle of trying to figure out, God, why? Why some and not others? Why does a person who deserves justice live until they're 99 years old and a child of nine months die of a random disease? And here's where we talk about the hidden and revealed God. What we try and do as people is we try and take God's word, we try and take what we know about him, and we try to rationalize why those things happen. We try to give a reason for why does the child die? Why does someone get cancer? Why, 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 why? But God does not reveal that to us. What he has revealed to us is in his word. What we know is what he's told us. No more, no less. The revealed God we find and we dive into scripture. Well, you know, why are we asking you take some time, read through the book of Mark? Because we believe God's word is beneficial to us. We believe that as we seek after him, we grow in faith following him. Because that is where he has revealed himself to us. 
when we look at the sacraments at baptism and the Lord's Supper, we say these are extra blessings because the Lord reveals himself to us in these physical ways. But when we look at things, we don't understand that when we look at scripture and we can't fully accept how is this happening, why is this happening, we see the hidden God. I have been heartbroken at times to watch well-meaning people try to explain tragedy. I've sat at some funerals where people will say, well, this is the Lord's will and this is his plan. And I can't deny the sovereignty of God that he knows, he knows what's happening. But I also cannot tell you his will. I can tell you what his will looks like from scripture, but I can't fully explain to you why when I went to the funeral of a friend's infant, why? I can't tell you. I can't give you that answer. In fact, I think it's better for us as people of faith when we look at Jesus and he say he's healing some and not others. Or how does healing happen? It's for us to rejoice in the revealed God, to say, Jesus, the Son of God, with all authority in the world, instead of showing up and saying, bow before me, my creation. You are not worthy of me. Instead, he looks and he sees people in pain. And he doesn't just look at them and say, listen, someday in heaven, it'll be okay. Just look ahead. No, he looks at them where they are and he heals them. What is revealed to us is we have a God of power, of might, and of authority, and he uses that to heal. What is hidden from us is where and when he uses that. We can't fully explain it. I do believe God still works healing in people. I still believe he works through people to heal others in his name. Now, what I'm not telling you to do is call up Benny Hinn and jump into that. That's not what I'm talking about, but we look in scripture and it says, if you are sick, call the elders that they may anoint you with oil and pray over you. I know that we have the revealed grace around us to see that God has given us people who care about our physical well-being in doctors, in nurses, physicians, assistants. That he has given us these everyday graces that he has revealed to us people who care for healing. but the hidden God is not something I can explain and I'm not going to try because I think sometimes when we try and explain what God is doing, when we don't fully understand his will, we do more harm than good. I've been in places 
where after the loss of a child, someone has walked up to someone and said, well, only if you had a little more faith. <sighs> if you ever want to watch me go off on someone, I watched an, a mentor of mine handle it with grace and a plum, and I would not have. Because scripture tells us the rain falls on the good and on the evil. The good news of us in Jesus, what he has revealed to us, is even when the heartache comes, even when the healing doesn't happen, we look forward to the resurrection and the new life. Every week we confess in here that we believe in the resurrection. And what that means for us is what God has revealed is that one day he will come again and all will be raised up. And in that day, everything will be made new and there will be no more crying. There will be no more fear. We will live in perfection as we were created to at the beginning. And the joy is that our physical and spiritual unity will be complete because we will walk again in the garden with God. So what God has revealed to us is that there is hope even in sickness, hope even in frailty, hope even in death. Because all of those things have been defeated by the king who had the authority and he showed up to heal instead of to subjugate. And we may not always understand how it works, but the joy is that he has revealed to us that he does those things. In our story today, Jesus, we're coming off almost exactly what was happening last week where we talked about the Sabbath at the end of chapter 2. So it is still the Sabbath, and Jesus sees this man with a withered hand, and he comes up to him, and he goes to heal him. And he looks around at the people around him, and he goes, is it good or evil to heal on the Sabbath? And no one responds. He is heartbroken and angry because of their hardness of heart. And he still heals this man because what they're looking and saying is, well, you're not supposed to do work on the Sabbath. And that's the law. You're not supposed to do that. But what Jesus is looking at them and asking is even saying, well, but on the Sabbath, can I do good for someone else? Can I help someone else? And they don't respond out of fear of both being wrong and of accusation of him. Our reading today ends with the scribes and the Pharisees got together with the Herodians, being those who followed King Herod to plot his downfall. Jesus has the authority. He uses it to heal. He has revealed to us that he is a God who cares about healing those around him. And the question for us is to say, are we letting other things get in the way of saying, we have been given that same mandate? That we are called as people who follow Jesus to be healers. Now, maybe that doesn't mean you lay hands on someone and they are healed of a disease or a sickness or a physical ailment. But it means we look around and we say, what does my neighbor need? 
that if my God comes in his authority and heals and cares for others, where is he calling me to do the same? Where is he calling me to step out of my own judgments, my own morality, my own frustrations to see others who are in need? We live in very strange times. If the top earners in the world, right? So your Elon Musk's, 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 Jeff Bezos, uh, the guy who owns Virgin Atlantic, whatever his name is, um, Richard Branson. If those guys got together, the top 10 billionaires in the world who are pushing trillionaires, they could put a huge dent in hunger, in research, in all kinds of things. And it's easy for me to look at them and go, look at how much money you have. Look at what you're doing. Why aren't you doing more? And this weekend I walked into my walk-in pantry, which is its own room. Never thought I'd have that. And I was sitting there thinking, we've got nothing to eat. That is not true. How often do I push off on others the healing that God's called me to do? How often do I look and go, well, there's a problem, and I'm passionate about that problem being solved, but I really want other people to take care of it. And listen, I'm not saying you have to own every problem. I'm not saying you have to own every need of your neighbor. That is physically impossible. You are a follower of the Savior. You are not the Savior. But where are places in your life that the Lord is calling you to heal, to be a healer? And you've made excuses. You've put up walls. You've stepped back. Maybe you've used some religious reasons to say, this is why I can't do that. Because the worst part about writing a sermon is you have to let it preach to you first. And so I was reading this, I was prepping this, and I realized there are places in my life where I've seen the need of people around me. I've walked in and shut the garage door and ignored it. But as I look at my Savior and what he does, if he's going to use his authority his capital, his abilities to love and heal others. And how do I do that in my life? How do we do that as a church? How do we do that together with churches that we are friends and partners with? I don't have the specific answer for you, but I want you to ask that question. If my God is a healer, where is he calling me to heal others? And what's exciting about that question is the guilt you may have just felt as I called you out. You're forgiven. 
There it is. It's that easy. If you felt that guilt of I should be doing more, what am I doing? Live in forgiveness. Don't live in running away from Jesus. He says, boom, here it is. Forgiven. But just start asking that question and saying, Lord, if I am living in who you are, which is the healer of the universe, that not only did you heal others, but you healed my sin, you healed who I am, how are you calling me to go out and be a healer? How are you calling me to be a healer in my home? How are you calling me to be a healer in the places I work? There's um, a rapper, this guy's name is Flame, who I've started listening to um, because he went to the same seminary I graduated from. So he, a couple years after me. And he's written some really good stuff. Um, some of it like super Lutheran. Like if you want to deep dive some Lutheran rap, this is the guy. Um, but he quoted something the other day that as I was scrolling Twitter at one point, that hit me again of things he had learned while going to seminary. And one of them is my good works God doesn't need my good works. They're not for him. They're for my neighbor. My neighbor needs my good works. I don't do good works to please God. He is already pleased with me because of what Jesus has done. God doesn't need my healing. My neighbor does. And that is a rewiring for us as humans that I think is so key. To say, listen, I don't live a life that follows Jesus because then God loves me more. No, I live a life that follows Jesus because my neighbor needs my love. And listen, when we say neighbor, this is not exclusively Christians or non-Christians. This is everybody. Your neighbors sitting in this room need your healing, your love, your care. Your physical neighbors where you live need your loving, your healing, your care. Your kids need your healing, your love, your care. What I don't want this to be is a burden that says, now I have to do this all the time. I have to be thinking about it. What I want it to be is a reaction, a symptom maybe of saying, in my life of faith, in those times when I notice I am not loving neighbor, I'm not healing like the king, I go back to what he's revealed to me, which is he healed me. He redeemed me. And so in that moment, we don't return to some kind of self-power, but we return to the Savior who came down and said, listen, I could subjugate all of you, but instead, let me heal the sick that he revealed the goodness of who he was for us. And that in that command to love him and love others, we are invited to be healers as he is. We are invited to walk that life. And what's amazing is that as we do that, we find who we are created to be. The king uses his authority to heal. He has revealed it to us. We don't always understand why some are redeemed and some are not. We don't always understand why some are healed and some are not, but that is the hidden God. 
that we will not understand that until Jesus comes again. But we know that he has called us to be healers. That living in his identity that he has given to us, we can go out and bring healing to those around us because of him. Let's pray. Lord, let us rejoice that you are a healer. Let us find strength and hope in that fact. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would convict us when we sit beside and snicker at the healing you're doing as our hearts are hardened, break them so that we too can live as healers. We pray this all in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.